stories of Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw. That would be your Chickasaw native and Chickasaw Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And what a shocking treat we have today. Former WWF Tag Team Champion with Earthquake, former AWA Tag Team Champion, and former NWA Florida Heavyweight Champion, a title he took off the American Dream. He is Typhoon Tugboat, Mr. Fred Ottman. Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, brother? We are doing great. It's, it's good to get you on. We had a little concern that we weren't going to be able to get you on and have uh, another Stan Hansen repeat, but <laughs> you were you were very good. That's all those concussions I've had from all those chairs walked over my head through the years. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. I'll soon be hunting <laughs> Easter eggs. I just hid. Hey, Fred, <laughs> did you see how bright my, my, my broadcast partner is here when he introduced you? He said, very shocking. I mean, I wonder what... what... <laughs> I want to wonder what he's got up his sleeve for. He was talking about Ole Anderson there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking all right. <laughs> but, Fred, man, it, it's a pleasure having you on. You're oh. one of the old Florida boys, man. You know you know all the guys. I know you train with a lot of guys that I know and I, that I, I, I help coming up. But tell us a little bit about, about your beginning down in South Florida, how, how you became a fan and how you got latched on? What was your dream to to, to become a professional? What what kind of spark that? So well, you you, 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 you were yeah. an athlete, you were an outstanding athlete in, in in high school too. So you had several opportunities to to play football and other things, right? Yeah, I played football. I used to wrestle in the off season to take and keep, stay in shape. You know, uh, for football, the coach liked us doing that stuff, rolling around the hot room and that stuff. You know, and kept us you know in condition stuff along with the other stuff that we did and everything. You know, when I was in high school, I graduated early, but I, I didn't, you know, I've been a, a pro wrestling guy, a fan. I tell people, I says, I was a fan. I was, I've worked in this business and I continue to be a fan of the young and up and cunning talent that's in the business. But I, I uh, went to my first match when I was like 16, 17 with wrestlers and, and football players at Miami Beach Convention Center, where they used to shoot the Jackie Gleason show, where you guys wrestled down there. Cause I seen you and your brother there and almost had a heart attack, you know, I'd watched, you know, and then they used to run uh, dinner key auditorium right down in coconut Grove too. What a, what a great place that was. Oh my God. You know, right on the, on the, on the bay there and, you know, just a smaller venue, obviously, but just incredible. I remember going, when I went to my first, I seen a skinny giant. It was Louis Tillette was there. <laughs> Malenka was on the card. I, the funks may have been, but the big deal for me was going, I had to use the bathroom. I come back out and you guys were by the curtain. Like I was always taught in this business, watch the matches, watch the matches. And I always watched the matches and I seen you guys. And I was like, Holy shit. You know, they're, they're you know, and it was just incredible. Me and my buddies, I'm like, well, you know, Hey, look, 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 look. But you know, uh, when I was a kid, man, it was nine. I was like nine years old when I was watching and uh, it used to be on Saturdays, Gordon Soley was announcing and uh, I'd wake up in the morning watching cartoons, wrestling would come on and then it was out to play, you know, as a kid. And uh, all those years I watched. When I was high school, I started going to a gym also, right as I graduated. And all the, a lot of the guys, the kangaroos came in there when they were in town. There was several different guys that came in and they would talk to me. I was a young guy, young powerlifting, and I was working with some other guys. And I, you ever thought about this? You know, they would talk to me. They were really nice. How, how and, big uh, were How big were you, Fred, at that time? Um, 
when I was high school, I, I was 245, 6'4". I grew actually almost three inches coming out of high school at the, when I was going to college. And uh, I, I was at that time probably 270, 280. You know, I, I gained weight. I was eating. I was training right. I trained with a couple of old school guys. One was a, a, a professor at the University of Miami. He was a powerlifter, nationally ranked. And uh, they're the ones that really taught me a lot of stuff. You know, and, and, and just like the business, I was lucky enough to come in when I could wrestle in territories. And uh, my, I remember my first territory was uh, San Antonio after uh, Joe Blanchard had sold it, you know, but uh, they got me in, you know, but when I was down there and I trained the guys who come there, finally I go, they go, well, you know, Boris Malenko has a school on the weekends up in Fort Lauderdale that he does up there. He had a, a, a ring set up in uh, a storage area and, and uh, they would go up there and it was a bunch of guys from Lauderdale, Miami that were training there. And he took me up there. I, I went up there to audit the, the school and man, I was like, you know, first of all, Malenka was just a classic heel. I right, love, yeah. you know, and could talk. Yeah, like if, 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 you, if you grew up in Florida, you knew who Professor Boris Malenko, him and, Andy uh, Grant, him and yeah. Eddie had those bloodbath matches all over the state of Florida. I mean, Russian chain. They're still famous. How many years later? 60 years. They're still famous for that bloodbath, even, even oh, to this day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But... And you, I don't have to tell you, I mean, there were such great workers there. You know, everybody always talks about New York and WWE and WWF and all the great workers, you know, and especially when it went to cable and he had every great top wrestler from every territory he took and almost stole, I guess, I guess would be the better word, you know, and brought him up there. But uh, down here in Florida, it was, uh, you know, the guys that were there, I saw every great wrestler, you know, and uh, that came, you know, down the pipeline. I mean, it was as good as it gets as far as talent, you know, down, you know, in the South. Um, it was a great place to grow up. You know, it's when Miami was a good place, not a nice place, which <laughs> it turned into hellhole yeah. now. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm a Miami boy. I'm a cracker. I'm born raised down there. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it was great. I met, you know, there, I met so many guys. And when I seen that, I started training there. Yeah. Uh, when, 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 you, when, you, when you started training in Lauderdale on the weekends, who, who were some of the talents there? Because I know there was quite a few guys that come out of that oh, Miami man. training uh, camp. There was a then, guy, then, then uh, when you came up guy. here to Tampa, there oh, yeah. was even a bigger camp up there. But tell us about a little bit about that Miami camp. Uh, there was, you know, guys like Rusty Brooks. There was a guy, Red Roberts, right. who was down there, yeah. who was actually a psychologist. Right, right. Yeah, doctor, doctor, Red Roberts, doctor, Red Roberts. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, then you had, you know, Dean and, and Jody Malenko were there, you know. And remember, uh, Malenko was like a dad to us. To be, I mean, every guy that's still around that came through Malenko, you know, that's, you know, he could, he would sit down, and talk with you, and and it was that kind of relationship. I mean, of all the things that I remember, not only was he talented, stuff like that. Like, I had one time he. Uh, you know, he says, you're doing good. You're learning this, 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 this. But you need more facial expression, more facial. You know, the people up there, they can't see, you know, you're keeping your head down. You're not showing, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, you know, I'm not aware. You know, that's before, right. you know, cameras and TV and shit like that. You know what I mean? You know, the phone where you can do everything now. And so he was showing me something with a headlock. And he hooked me. 
and he took his nail and he stuck it into my <laughs> the lower part of my ear. And I'm like, oh, he was like, that's what you need. That's what you want to do. That's that's what you got to show. You know, I mean, cause I, had, I was like so worried about what I was doing that, you know, you lose track of, you know, the whole package, you know, because it was so green, greener and goat shit. But, you know, it was it, it, it was an incredible. And I remember him taking me also to, to meet uh, Carl Gotch. I was right. like, oh, wow. my God. He made me throw up on his lawn out there in North Tampa. Yeah. I came from uh, staying with my parents in Brooksville, and he had me come down, and I'm like, that's when I moved up to uh, Tampa because I wanted to train all, all week long, you know, and, and work and everything up there. And he had me out there, and we did the deck of cards. And I'd eat a big, big country breakfast. My mom was from West Virginia, and she's like, biscuits and gravy and bacon and sausage, all that shit. Ooh, right. sounds good. <laughs> oh, then went there. He put me through the deck of cards just before we even got st- introduced himself, blah, 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 blah. You know, and he liked the fact that I have uh, Austrian-German background. You know, my grandmother talks like Zsa Gabor. She's Hungarian. And she's, he's like, he goes, uh, he gave me my first name. I'm like the man of a million names. I'm like Sybil, <laughs> you know, and he's <laughs> like, uh, he goes, uh, Siegfried, that's your, a good wrestling name for you. It's a German strongman from back in the day, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I remember him being like 65 or 68 with a full set of abs. Okay. Just in, And the stuff that he did was all the old school Indian clubs, all the stuff like the Shiki Baby, you know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> did he, he had the uh, cards with you, or did, you, did he just have you do it? Oh, he had, he had right, he had the whole deal there. It looked like it was out of a 1920s workout area. Okay, hey, Fred, 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 he, that, that, his house was like two miles from my house, right down the road here. Yeah, he's and right I, on I, Lake there. He was on yeah. Lake Keystone. I, I knew his neighbor very well. My, one of my, my sons were, was friends with his, with his neighbor. And I go over drop my son off or pick my son off. And I'd see, I'd see Carl all the time. But one day he had, uh, my, his neighbor got me. I went over and dropped my kid off. He said, Mr. Brito, come here. I got to talk to you about something. He said, really been bothering me. He said, the guy next door is a wrestler. Do you know who he is? And I said, yes, sir, I know. And he said, what's he doing over there for all those Japanese boys? And in the middle of the night, we hear we hear screams coming out of there like he's killing somebody. I said, he is. <laughs> but, but not, but not, oh, just, oh but not killing them, not murdering them, but torturing them in, in, in workout. Oh. He said, I hear screams out. My wife and I scares us sometimes. I said, he's, he's, he's hired to train all these Japanese kids. He brings them over and he turns them from kids into men by, by working them out. He said, I wonder what was going on over there. He said, I, a couple of times, my wife wanted me to call the cops. I said, no, he's a wrestler. He, but yeah, that was, so that, that was just right down the road. Jerry, it was so oh. loud. They thought about his neighbors thought about calling the cops. Yeah, because they thought they was killing somebody over there. Bro, I mean, it he, was like Hart's basement. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He had rope tied to trees, man. He'd have them. He'd have them up and down those ropes. He'd have those clubs out there hitting himself in the head with those clubs. I mean, he tortured those oh. kids over there. And one day, one day we were leaving there, and he was walking his dogs. He had those big pit bulls, right? And, and so he was walking his dogs. So I pulled up next to him. Hey, hey, hey! What, what, what's going on? And my son had run into him several times. Like I said, he, he buddies with a, a neighbor. And he, uh, after we pulled off and, and my son looked at dad, how come that guy never smiles? Why is he so mad at everybody? All the time? 
Oh my God! Yeah, he was a he was a legend out in this area out here for torture. Oh. Brother, I, yeah, I, he had so a he, thing called the Iron Bow. Okay, I told you, old school. It's what they use. It had eighty pounds of weights on a chain and a steel bow, like a bow and arrow bow. Okay, and it's what the the Hindus and that used to use to train to be able to shoot bow and arrow off the back of a horse in battle. And he put that into the training there for your core and your back. I mean, 80 pounds in, chain, in a chain and, and I'm like, holy shit. You had the old leather, hardcore leather dummy, like, you know, the grappling dummy right. in there. It had about 180 pound grappling dummy to yeah. work on the mat. <laughs> a short <Yeah>. arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Fred, I just saw this thing on, you know, it pops up on Facebook or wherever it is. It, it, they found out old warriors they could tell a guy was a bowman because his left arm was so much bigger. His skeleton was so much bigger. You know, those oh, guys back, wow. those, yeah. those Hindus, the warriors back in the day, they had to, they had the bowman right. had to be wow. incredibly strong. Yeah, well, you figure you got to hold on to the horse with your legs and you yeah. got to try to aim and shoot this up. The other, you know, and oh, oh my God, have they had seen, to be strong. Have you, have you seen Al Snow lately? No, uh-uh, not for oh a while. Oh, my God. He's aging backwards. He's like Jonathan Winters on Mark and Mindy. He's, 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 like, he's getting better as he gets older. But all he does is the old stuff. He trains with the clubs. He trains. He, he mm -hmm. looks up like what Hackenschmidt and Frank Gotch did to train back in the teens. Oh, yeah. And that's all he does. And he, he looks – I've never seen him look better. But it's just oh, all that's awesome. old yeah. school stuff. Yeah. That'd be impossible for me, you know, because I'm the ugly I got is the ugly I got. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to get no better, uh, you know, but at least I have my gym here and I'm able to train every day. And uh, that way it keeps me from killing people because I can't, I can only deal with so many. <laughs> you, you, tra you train a lot. I, I follow the two, the two things I do on Instagram. I have no idea what to do on Instagram. I don't know what people want. They want to, I have no idea. Pictures, I don't know. But you, yeah. you and Charles Wright, Godfather, are the two Instagrams that I follow that I love. <laughs> your stuff is great uh to, it's, oh. it's about the gym it's old legends godfather is just insane <laughs> oh. oh my he's i see all those videos that he does with that guy up in michigan all the time yeah the herbalist the herbalist <laughs> that's a nice that's a, name. that's a nice way to put it there <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, so you're so you're training at, at our gotcha there for 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 a few times and when did you? Oh, when just did you, once. Just you got one. me out there. <laughs> just yeah, once. Just once. Yeah. I. Uh. -uh. I ain't going down that path. It's like and when he, I met. Hey. It's and, like it's like when I met Hart. You know, he comes. And we were at the Saddle Dome. Uh, how you doing, kid? Uh, hey, I heard a lot about you. Yeah, yeah, you trained with Malenko. And, yeah, my boys is telling me and that uh, he went to do the shaking. I says, uh, uh, uh. I says, uh, no disrespect, sir. I am know about you from Malenko. Years ago, he told me about you. He goes, <laughs> yes, they hooked that hand and then, whoa, take it down <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. So, so you're training down here. When, when did you get the opportunity to have your first match? And who were some of the guys? Went, once you made that move uh, uh, from Lauderdale, why did you make that move from Lauderdale to Tampa to come? Just well, to get I, more training? Or what? My parents had moved up there, you know, uh, a while ago, they had bought like 10 acres out there in Brooksville. And we, me and a good friend of mine helped clear the property and all that stuff with axes and all that stuff and clean it up. And they moved out there and put a house there. And 
uh, I decided I move up there. I'd be close to my parents and I can train, you know, five, six days a week at that old mattress factory. Right. Yeah. Okay. That he had over there right next to the body shop. Out yeah. Drew Park, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What a hell hole that was. <laughs> the whole outside covered in tar paper. Yeah. And, uh, and then they had, uh, uh, Carl, um, Oh my God. The, the German wrestler. Von, Von Stroheim. Von Stroheim. Yeah. He'd be there with a case of beer watching everybody. <laughs> and Malenko hated him for that because he'd be over there drinking his beers <laughs> and like, sitting there doing the deal. But, man, what great guy. You know, uh, uh, Bob Cook was there. Yeah. There was a bunch of the different guys, you know, uh, that trained up there. And, you know, then uh, the boys came by, you know, uh, Joe and, and, and Dean and, yeah. and was it was it the at the time when uh, DDP was there also or was that later? Well, when I that was late when I uh, I had gone out on the road and that stuff and worked several territories. When I came back, it was when uh, they reopened that Florida Championship Wrestling right. uh, uh, under a different name. Right. And uh, DDP was from Fort Myers. He was a, right. a club promoter down there at Norma Jeans. Right. I matter of fact, I passed it. I was down there about a month or two ago and we passed by there. I said, you see that? That's where he used to promote there. They used to do the banana gimmick contest with the, the girl behind the deal there trying to swallow the banana and all kind of gimmick stuff and everything like that. And uh, he was an incredible, but he always wanted to wrestle. Always. Right, right. You know, and when they, they put him with me and they put uh, the the Red Rooster, uh, uh, um, oh my God. Uh, Terry, Terry Taylor. Years ago. Terry, uh, Terry no, no, no not Terry Taylor. Okay. I'm talking about uh, Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, Sir Oliver. Both yeah. of them were like co-managing yeah. me. <laughs> you want to see a funny video? He has a picture of me training for that match with a cage match with uh, Dusty. And he's, uh, we're out on the tarmac out there, Tampa International. He's in a Porsche with all these Hooters girls <laughs> all around him. And the car's moving down the, the runway. And it's me, uh, the big steel man, pulling him with a rope around me, pulling the, the car down the deal there as he's cutting the pro the promo in the car, you know, you know, talking about the the homecoming is coming and uh, you know, Dusty Rose, blah 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 blah, and he's cutting the big promo in that. Yeah, hell of a video. Then we're in the gym and doing some stuff there, and I'm lifting some heavy stuff and everything, and they were, you know, but uh, yeah, he was something else, man. He was something else. Uh, he was good on the mic, and uh, he became a, a really, you know good talent as far as you know wrestling ability and everything yeah but it's something he always wanted to do you know always wanted to do that gimmick fred how old were you at this time? Did, did you go to college first the, the progression i'm sorry to go back i went to college because i was such a horrible student i went wound up going to a junior college uh i i was working on a degree in commercial art i, I was an artist from a very young age and i was working there difference between an artist and a commercial artist is you never starve being a commercial artist. You do printing, you do all, you know, everything else on top of uh, just putting the pictures on paper. You know, you learn the whole whole deal, uh, black and white stripping and everything like that, you know, figure drawing, you do all that shit. And uh, I had a, I got a track degree to go to Miami-Dade Community College North, you know, but I was a bad kid. In first grade, they put me, I was in a desk outside the teacher's office, okay? <laughs> because I was such a disruption. I was that class clown and, uh, and the whole nine yards. And I was as big at that point as the third, you know, second, third graders. When I was in third grade, I wore my dad's same size shoes, <laughs> shirt, pants, the whole nine yards. Wow. 
you know, my dad, and he was the baddest son of a bitch I ever met in my life. Got old school. And he's like, I, I, I got smart with him only once or twice or said something, you know, you know, it's kind of snapped. I, I remember one time uh, I took out a whole brand new set of uh, bifold doors in the closet. He backhand me. And, uh, and also on a second occasion, I was in the car and I heard some kids in the bathroom in elementary school. I was, I was first grade. Second grade, he's like, uh, I go, uh, Dad, I heard this word today. You tell me what it is. It was the f bomb. And no sooner did it when I said it rolled off my lips. His hand, he had a '63 Rambler American. The arm, like he was double jointed, came back and my hit the side of my head with the back of his hand, and boom, boom. Don't you ever say that in front of your mother. <laughs> but yeah, I had to go to college to get more knowledge because I was such a, a horrible kid in school. They, they didn't want me to play football in, uh, because of my grades in English. Uh, in uh, 11th grade, they were gonna make me take over my uh, English. I had to take two, two uh, courses in my senior year. And then the last, the third, the third game of the season, that's why I started doing track because my coach who was my JV defensive line coach, Big black guy, Coach Wallace. It was the awesome. He had a giant afro and just a big guy. And he uh, took me on when they wouldn't let me play football. But then I had three other schools, Miami Jackson, Miami Edison, and uh, I forgot what the other one, maybe Southwest or South Day. They, wanted, they, they were more than willing, even with my grade point and that deal hanging over me. You know, they wanted me to come to school, play football. And I'm like, because uh, I had like, you know, three or four letters of intent. University of Miami wanted me. I had one from Auburn. And, and that was in my, uh, when they took me up and I played the beginning of my junior year. But my junior year, I, I failed English. So I had to take two Englishes my senior year and they wouldn't allow me to play. And what was your offensive or defensive lineman? Uh, I played both uh, offense and defense. I flipped both sides. And they wouldn't let me lift weights back then. They say, oh, it'll slow you down. Yeah, you know, I was saying with wrestling back then, weightlifting was no-no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you. they want you to be strong and big in that shit. I was climbing ropes and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, at 245, 250, I was running like a 4640, yeah. you know, so I was okay. So and, 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 uh, and track and field, uh, you, you eventually when I got a scholarship in track and field. High, yes, high, high, high hurdles probably wasn't your event. What was your event? <laughs> <laughs> the fat boy relay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on, I've been on plenty of those. <laughs> I remember being at track meets. They go, well, we're going to have the fat boy relay today. I go, what the hell is that, coach? He goes, all the weight men come out and they run a race. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you got to be shitting me. You That's know? one of the most entertaining things in a track meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all you, you, you've been on them too, John. Yes, yes, I've been in it. I've, I've anchored the Fat Boy Relay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I couldn't believe I hated running, man. I hated running, you know, because all those pre-spring pre, uh, ga uh, conditioning and all of that, all summer long when they brought you back in, you know, six weeks or four weeks out, and they had you start doing the first thing I was getting in shorts and running out there. And Miami, it would rain and monsoon rain. Then the sun would come out 
it was so hot you could watch the water evaporating in vapor <laughs> off the field. Uh, and, you know, 150 degree humidity is what it felt like. You know, and they wouldn't give you something to drink that you had to suck ice. You know, they had big things of ice. You had to suck on the ice. I'm like, this is, the, oh my God. Now, nowadays, nowadays you got football coach bring that in. He'd last one day on a, a half of oh, yeah. practice probably on the field because they, they, the, the way that the football, I remember, I remember they, they brought something out in Oklahoma you know, where the humidity's high and the temperature 110 degrees, two a day practice. They bring out this, this stuff they mix with pure salt. And they make you drink a cup of it before uh, ever practice or before ever well, drill. You got it, it'll keep you from getting cramps. They yeah, had them that's, that, that's what they said. Yeah, but it was the awfulest, worst tasting uh, stuff I ever had in my life. I still I have nightmares yeah. about that. We, we oh had the PVC God. pipe. We had the PVC pipe with a garden hose attached to it with little holes <laughs> popping up, and you got like five seconds twice. <laughs> oh my God! 110 hey. degrees in West yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're talking about the bar at my house. You take a turn on the water, it comes out 150 degrees. You know, They're, my mom would be cleaning. You can't come in the house. You got to get your drink out of the hose in the front. And it's hotter than shit. Yeah, and that drink out of the hose in front. I think we all had to drink out of that hose at one time. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and wash off with the hose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Oh. When I, when I, wrestled, in, I wrestled in Korea, they, I said, where are the showers? They pointed to the garden hose. I, I, oh. I, I, seriously, we were outside just <laughs> using Gardo. Okay. That was like that in Dominican Republic. <laughs> What's yeah. that? When I wrestled in Dominican Republic, it was like that. You had the hose if you were lucky enough. Yeah. You know, right. you're wrestling in these it, these baseball stadium gimmicks that were just, I'm like, really? Somebody plays games here? I'm like, oh, nasty. So uh, the first, the, what, was the, what was the first territory that you went to? I went to San Antonio. I, I worked when I was training up in Tampa. That was cool, too, because, you know, he would do little outlaw shows. At, like, there was a flea market up there. Oh, where was it at? Um, like, almost the town, right off, off the, uh, if you went toward north, off of uh, Gun Highway, I think it was. There used to be a flea market out there. He'd run shows there. Yeah, uh, Gun it's, Highway of 54. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's there anymore. Yeah, uh, no, the, the, yeah. the flea market's gone. And then they did uh, the YMCA there in, um, uh, in uh, what was it, uh, West Tampa, I think, or East, Tam East Tampa, maybe. There was a YMCA right by the expressway. And uh, he'd do some shows in there. They'd run them on the basketball court and that stuff. He did them periodic different places. And uh, my first deal was he uh, sent me to Atlanta. And in Atlanta, you know, uh, it's when... Turner had the one station only, the one that made Turner Broadcasting. And he always kept, that's why he always had that sweet spot for wrestling because the advertising time always was jam-packed and it was his biggest seller, you know, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And Georgia was Georgia Championship Wrestling. And uh, so they go to send me up there and Ron Slinker drove us up. And I was next, I had uh, uh, Marino on one side of me. Now, I'd never been a, took a road trip, nothing like that before. And I had, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, who's on the left? Um, oh, uh, God, he lived over in Sebring, Spanish. Uh, Cyclo Negro was on my left. This is no lie. Ron Slick, we're in a Cadillac. 
I'm in the middle, the hump seat. And I got two of these veterans on both sides. And we are 15 minutes out of Tampa. And they both on my shoulders, snoring like a son of a bitch. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, what is the deal with this shit? And I look up and Slinker's looking in his mirror. He goes, kid, that's how you can tell a real veteran. They can sleep anywhere. You know, that was the deal. All the way to Atlanta like that, pretty much. And uh, we went up there and I did, uh, they wanted to take a look at me and I uh, did a couple matches there on, on TV. I was so green, I didn't know what kayfabe was, you know? And they, they like, liked me and everything. But when I came back, uh, 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 Malenko told me, he says that um, they'd call from Texas. And there was a new guy taking over that office there where Southwest Championship Wrestling was. It was going to be called Texas All-Star. And uh, I went with Paul Diamond was with us. He took his car. Uh, Ricky Santana took his car. And we all three drove out there. And, uh, oh, my God. what's uh, Buck Robley was the first booker that was there. Colonel Buck Robley. And we were out there and it was a mixture. It was really kind of a very cool place to break in because there was uh, Mexican wrestlers from across the border that wrestled that territory. You had Jose Lothario was there that trained Shawn Michaels. You had uh, Black Gordman. Um, shoot, they had uh, Angel Blanco and they had Fantasma came through there. They had uh, several of those guys. All the Guerreros at one point or time had come through there. And uh, Al Madrill was another guy. Uh, Scott Casey come in and out from Dallas. He was up there, but finishing up, he wound up being down there most of the time. They would shoot one-man gang in, in and out. They had uh, uh, Mark Laurinaitis' brother, okay, who, who was wrestling as the Terminator. And um, Was that Joe or, or, or Mike? Um, it, it was the 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 youngest one, not the one that's married to, uh, uh, that works up in the office. Uh, okay. Not, okay. Not John. Yeah. Yeah. Not John. It was the other brother. He, who was a commercial artist. He went oh, to yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Art Institute down in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale. My man, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And then uh, they had, um, who was there? Uh, Bob Sweet Tan was there. They had, and they had a bunch of young green guys like us that were, they brought in. You know, and it was a great learning experience. Although uh, Ricky had a, uh, his girl he was dating there, we were all roomed together. The guy with the boy, with the boy that wound up with the girlfriend, he had the bedroom, and me and uh, me and, and Ricky shared the front room on mattresses. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were doing performance art. That's all I could. <laughs> <laughs> Still in the art business, but a little bit different physical. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God, it, it was, uh, there was some great guys came in there and wrestled there. Nick Kaninsky, Gene Kaninsky's son right. was there. Um, like I said, Paul, uh, Paul Diamond was there. Shawn Michaels came in. He had worked, he had already worked Mid-South, I think, with Watts. And he came back in there, and man, he looked like he was about twelve. You know, he's that that baby faced, you know, yeah. blonde that. But he was from there. His dad worked. He was in the Air Force. His daddy right. was. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, it, it was a great territory, you know. It was a great, and you know, I was how long? For, how long? Did, how long? How long did you get sick around there? About a year and a half or whatever. That's where they put me, gave me the Bubba deal when I first came in. Right. It's when the Terminator movie had come out. So I came in there. I had that look with the jeans and the tank, black tank, and the sunglasses and stuff like that. And they finally made uh, Animal's brother the the gimmick, gave him that gimmick back, you know. And he was doing the face paint like his brother was, and that stuff there. But he was like a more condensed, shorter, smaller version, you know. Good looking guy, nice kid. And uh, we were all like kids there. But uh, we um, uh, did some really good, you know. It was it was just a good experience. And there was a lot of guys there even when we were off, we were willing to hop in the ring and stuff and uh, we could work out at where they did the TVs there uh, right across from the office, you know? And so it was a neat, a neat deal. It was, it, it was very, very educational. It was like getting paid to work, but man, the trips were three to 4,000 miles a week wow. in a car, oh, wow. you know, cause you were up on the, up by Oklahoma, you were in Beaumont, you were down the Rio Grande Valley you go down to uh, Corpus and then you continue down there. Signs say, don't pick nobody up on the roads because it's such a high drug traffic area. And then they had the illegals that were coming in. They don't want nobody there. <laughs> you know, but it was funny, you know, and uh, I mean, just so nice. We get down to the Rio Grande and you go and McAllen and Mission, you can go across into Mexico. If you got down there early enough and, you know, you can go get some good, good food. You can get, uh, you know, uh, if you want to get some beer and shit, you they bring a beer across the, and, uh, you know, all kind of stuff. So it, it was a good territory. It was, it, it was, you know, we worked in, uh, in, um, outside Houston down there in Pasadena. We actually started doing TV at Gillies toward the end before I left there. And, uh, they were do, shooting their TVs there, which was a hell of a deal, you know, you and, ever, uh... Scott Casey has told us one of the greatest stories ever about seeing a UFO right outside of San Antonio with Mil Mascaras. And oh uh, my God, have you ever heard the story? No, we're not, we're not saying that that Scott might be wrong, we, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the greatest stories we ever heard. <laughs> oh have you my ever heard? God. Did you ever hear that story when you were down there? No, I never heard that one. We we're did have. To uh... find, we're trying to find. People to uh, <laughs> to verify about the story. Are, are yeah. bunch, one of the two. Yeah, the the, the same amount of story. Only Mascaris is still surviving. Uh, so we're, we're dying to run into Mascaris one time and find out if it's true or not. Everybody oh, else, my God. Uh, Wahoo would drive it. So if you know Wahoo was in the car, there were some illegal drugs uh, being partaken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one point, oh my God. Way, Doug, you love it. At one point, Jerry, Jerry was kind of picking at Scott. And he goes, Scott, what were the aliens doing? And Scott goes, I don't know. They're going to fucking 7-Eleven, Jerry. I don't know you. <laughs> hey, they were picking up a case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the thing there, too. If you, you always had one of the older guys in the car because they had dry counties there. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah. wrestle, I, we I wrestle. We wrestle. North of there. I know the dry counties well. Oh, my God. You, you wrestle in uh, Beaumont, okay, not Beaumont, but uh, Midland or Odessa. And it was a 350-mile straight wow. trip there. You'd wrestle, you know, and you and the other guy, if you had one of the other, you know, because we split a Lincoln four ways, split the gas and that, you know. And so we're going to make it back to San Antonio so we can go to bed. And so 
and you're doing whatever you want, you know, depending on what's happening there with the rats and the, the whole nine yards. And the older guys are like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. He goes, we got to make the beer store. We got to make the beer store before they close, you know? And they, oh my God. And you're going a hundred and something miles an hour because there ain't nothing, nothing. in West Texas. Uh -huh. Nothing. The whole nothing. state of Texas, there ain't nothing. Hey! Oh my God. Hey! <laughs> That's not necessary, Jerry. Hey, it's nice up by Austin, though. Oh, beautiful yeah. river country. You hear that, Jerry? Well, that's because everybody moved into Austin, you know, from uh, other places. <laughs> oh, my God. This week's episode of Stories of Briscoe and Bradshaw is proudly brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Just use promo code BAB for 20% off and free shipping. The cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. And it gets better. The Beard Hedger is also waterproof. They have created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post-trim care. There's the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. All your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replace natural oils and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped Beard Oil, an essential for your main facial accessory. Cap off that with Beard Balm promate that shapes, styles, and moisturizes and tames for a sculpted look. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. All that and 20% off in free shipping with the code BAB. That is code BAB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BAB but Fred, but Fred, you're you're in, you're you're pushing probably your second or third year by now. Are you starting to elevate a little bit on the card? Starting to get, learn a little bit or what? Yeah, look, well, they they gave me a good push down there in in San Antonio for a while. From there, they sent me to Lawler and Jarrett's territory. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, you know, it, it it was different here in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, the work was different. The what they were doing was different. You know. There goes that continuing education. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of that you don't want, you know, Donnie Bass was here. I mean, they had, uh, uh, what's, oh my God. Uh, oh my God. What's the guy that, um, that lived up in, uh, Pens uh Pensacola. Uh, he was in that plane crash in Tampa Bay. He, uh, uh, right McCord, McCord, he, Mike McCord. Yeah. Mike McCord. Austin, yeah. Austin, Austin Idol. Austin Idol. Yeah. Don't touch the wig. Don't touch the wig. <laughs> <laughs> you grab him. Don't get away with that hair, buddy. <laughs> but uh, he was uh, he was up there, um, you know. And they, Jared and them, one would work half a year. He would have the office yes. half a year. Lawler would have the other half a year. And uh, Tojo Yamamoto, he was the he was the gimmick stooge for the office there. Uh, you know, he'd smoke a cigar in the back, and you know, he's looking, he's listening, he's you know. Got to give the gimmick report. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, you had, um, oh my God, Bobby Jaggers came through there. Oh my God. 
What was uh, this? Was this pre uh, Mark Calloway and, and Steve yeah. Austin when they came? Oh yeah, it was before yeah. then. Yeah. They uh, that's when uh, Sid was playing on the softball team for Lawler. Okay. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did you know? Did you know Sid as a softball player? Not as a, I, I I did I had to mandatorily participate. Yeah. In a softball wrestling event there. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I am not a softball player, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I can hit a ball, but, you know, they put me the catcher deal and I'm down there on my knees for <laughs> the, the gimmick. I'm saying, what a rib this is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but they, uh, Sid was playing there and they gave him the Lord Humongous gimmick right. from, um, with the mask and the whole gimmick. And, um, he was there. I stayed at his house one one time over in West Memphis. He lived across the river there from Memphis, over in Arkansas. That's where his house was. But he was a pretty good guy, man. You know, good guy. He, he changed a little bit down the line and that stuff. But he was a good guy. Always been a pretty good guy. And uh, it was amazing, you know, how far he went. And, you know, in the business and stuff, it was awesome. His body. But him. What? His, what was going to say, John? His body was. Huh? His, I'm sorry. His, his body was just incredible. I mean, oh. when he was when he was at his peak, that he was unbelievable to look at. How big he was! A huge, oh, tall, well proportioned. You know, yeah. and he had that look. The facial expression. If a mother was going to take and kick your ass, this is the guy that's going to do it. You know, what I mean, he just had that aura about him. You know, I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, he's built. I trained with him a couple of different times at the gym down there in Memphis. And uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable, you know. Yeah, and he worked. He worked hard in the gym too. I saw him there many times. You know, I was, I was trying yeah. to figure out what his trap workout was, and, and he was, he was, <laughs> he was, he was light with it. You know, he wasn't. He, he was, he was a strong guy, but he. Was, yeah. I just remember he was very particular with his trap work about how he'd work light and full range of motion. I'm, I'm sitting yeah. there kind of taking notes thinking I could end up <laughs> yeah. looking like him, which never happened. <laughs> hey, genetics had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so who was the better booker out of the six month, six month deal? I, you know, it's just, I'll I tell you what, when they brought me in there, when, it, when, when, <laughs> When Lawler was the booker, I had a hair match within three or four weeks, and, and they shaved my head bald in, 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 in the arena. I mean, you know, don't, usually you would, I would think you would build somebody up to that point where, you know, and go to all the exits. Even at that time, I'm like, you know, it just didn't make a lot of logical sense. I says, did I do somebody's girlfriend or something? Or, you know, what's the deal? Who'd you, you, know, who'd you do the job the haircut to? Thing? Huh? Who'd you do the job to? Lawler. Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Right there, right there, mid south of Coliseum. Yeah, you got a young guy there that's a stud. Lawler's going to get you on tape beating you and, and, and doing something to you. <laughs> and we love Jerry to death, too. We oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jerry's great. Jerry, Jerry's Look got, Jerry's the got the great. Down. He's got the, the strap is coming down. Yeah, he's got the greatest video collection in the world. He's got, he's got himself beating every world champion that ever existed. <laughs> Oh man, you know he he unbelievable. Them people love him though. Yeah, oh boy, that's but for sure. Yeah, that's one of those ha ha gaga territories. And they had, uh, uh, and there was no endless supply of. If you're a heel, oh my God, it's like going to a buffet as far as 
people you could piss off. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. And then they brought in my, uh, they brought in a guy from uh, the Guido Mongol train from uh, from uh, Pittsburgh, uh, the uh, mighty Goliath, big guy, but probably six nine, six ten. They gave him a, a tryout when Haystacks WWE did, the WWF did when Haystacks came in for them to look at him and try out from uh, England. But a uh, real nice guy. Uh, he had to grow a beard, but it wasn't a real good beard. And he, along with him came downtown Bruno, yeah, the street yeah. urchin yeah. <laughs> that became Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. Oh, who, who is now famous on Young Rock. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But hey, God bless him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you seen him, boy, I was like, we're going to give you a GI bath. Okay, because <laughs> he was so crusty. Yeah. I go, there's one thing living your gimmick, but I'm like, hey, bro, you know? Yeah, he he was, he was definitely from the woods of Mississippi, that for sure, right? <laughs> oh my God! So so I'm like yeah. So Fred, Fred, you're you're there. When when do you make your European uh, trips? Because you 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 had well, quite a career over there. You you're I, quite a star. Worked there, worked, uh, we worked in, uh, I worked in Portland, Oregon too, for Billy Jack Haynes when he tried right. to run opposition to Don Owens <laughs> for like eight months. Then I came back and I went down to Florida. I was hanging there and that's when they were doing the office there. It was after the show, when the show, we had the big show at, for Florida at the uh, state fairgrounds. Okay. Huge, huge show. Terry Funk was there. I mean, it was just a lot, a, a lot of great guys on the card too. And uh, Otto Vance was there from, he had been from uh, Graz, Austria, that uh, he was scouting talent, you know, for over there. And after we did the show and everything, uh, I went to the office like a Monday or Tuesday morning. And uh, he was, uh, the, Gordon got me along with Steve Kern and, and I forgot who else. They go, uh, they wanted to talk to me, go, you know, uh, you know, you, I met Otto and he was a really nice guy, huge, huge man. And uh, he goes, uh, they told me, they go, he, he's interested. He wants to bring you over to work, work against him, like a 10 day deal, go him over for 10 days because, you know, uh, he wanted to, you know, do the whole build up and everything like that and bring me in over there to work with him. And, um, uh, I was like, wow, it was my first time going overseas. And I was so excited, and especially going to Austria, where my dad's father was from. And my, you know, like I said before, my grandmother, she was from Budapest, Hungary. She sounded like Zsa Zsa Gabor, mm. you know, but, uh, and my dad's raised in the Bronx in New York. So he's like, they're going to send me over there. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome, man. And uh, so I went over. And that was a whole, they do catch there. They do the rounds just like boxing, you know, and they run the same building 30 to 40 days in a row and sell out the building every night. Wow. It was the most amazing thing. And I got to meet, uh, Finley was there. There was a lot of guys from UK. There was guys from Germany. There was some couple of guys from, uh, from States that were there. I mean, it was, there were, it was, and there were some guys from Japan. I think, uh, Sato was there. When he was at that point, and uh, that—that's really where—that's really where John got his, his most of his experience was over there working for Auto, right, John? Yeah, I worked for Auto for two years over there. 
I, that's a cool setup. You stay in the it. camp in the whole it. nine years, in we the whole nine in, yards. Yeah, we started in Graz and ended up in Bremen at the end of the year. I was over there for two years with Otto. I loved Otto. Otto was Otto was awesome. Oh. You know, you know, Otto holds the world record for breaking phone books in half. Oh wow! No, he, you know he has. He's got those massive, strong hands. You know, and he would. Oh he yeah. Would, I've seen him do it. He'd take the 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 not the, the page end, but the binder end. He breaks the binder. And then he'd rip these, I mean, massive. Oh, yeah. Half. I'd heard about it. I never saw it, but I'd heard about that. It, it was impressive. It gives you the big auto, person. that big forward roll gimmick, you know, oh my goodness. during the match. Yeah. What a <laughs> and he was what, 460, 480? You <laughs> yeah. know, but still moved good for being that big, you know? Uh, uh, how, how big was it? About 460, I think 480 maybe. Wow. He was huge. He worked he that roll. He did that roll in the corner, Jerry. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I got under that thing a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, great, you know, easy to work with, you know. But I was it was very I had to catch on real quick because you know that rounds gimmick, you know. I'm like, what? What are we doing? You know, and the referee, I uh he was what was it, McManus or he was from make, uh make 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 Michael. Yeah, McMichael. Yeah, he was or a nice kill. guy. You know, what I'm saying it was it was a very cool experience. A lot of the guys. There. I think uh, what's his name? Um, the guy, uh, the real heavy set guy that worked for WCW uh, that did the uh, breakdance kind of gimmick. Ken, he Ken, was there. Uh, PN News. Um, it was PN, PN News. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, he nice was Cannonball Grizzly there. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, you know that was it was cool there i mean you know did you work in Graz? oh yeah that's where yeah that's where i was the whole time I was there only 10 days you know i could have went over there and worked longer because you know it was just it was a good a good gimmick i mean i you know arnold schwarzenegger loved him he was yeah, raised right. raised on him he loves that guy yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh arnold's in the, dad in the was the police summer, chief yeah i think yeah, we used to run Grotz right before Vienna, and uh, it was always like around June or something like that. We'd run Grotz, which was a perfect time to be in southern uh, Austria. It was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful there. It was it, it was so pretty. It was you know, and nice, and there's so much stuff to see, and you know, and the people were wonderful. Although we, I was a little intimidated. Hey, when I flew into the airport there, and everybody's got machine guns. Yeah, on, on the oh. upper level. <laughs> what, what was this machine gun? What, 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 what was going on? No, it's just this, the soldiers. There was like a upper. Oh. Uh, when you walk through off the airport, and they drop you on the on the tarmac. You know, you come down the stairs off the airplane on the tarmac in Graz, and then uh, you walk into the terminal, and then above you is a walkway. It goes around the whole upper, you know, part of the yeah. building, and they're walking back and forth. You know. Uh, with uh, machine guns, I'm like, wow. you know, I go, whoa, what's going on here, buddy? <laughs> I guess it's just a part of the protocol. Yeah, I, go ahead, John. You're only about uh, 30, 40 miles from uh, Yugos former Yugoslavia, which was in a war most of that time. You know, so oh yeah, oh, which Austria God. was perfectly fine, but they, uh, you, were, mm -hmm. you were not very far from a from a war zone. Oh my God. But it was crazy. I think Otto like, one time, Otto, Otto forgot yeah. the passport. We're going, we're going to run a show in uh, somewhere in uh, the top of part of former Yugoslavia. Yeah. Otto forgot his passport and yeah. the car phone back then, you know, which is pretty rare. Wow. He, he called the border 
and told him he was coming, and they let him through without a passport. He was that big of a star. Wow. And they put him pulled. He in was over. Go, oh no! I, I, they all you know, waved at him and let him in and uh, let him back through. Boy, that booger was—he was over like a son of a gun. I tell you what. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I met Arnold one time at the Staples Center. You know, he did stuff with us back in the nineties, and yeah. I went up to him, and you know, Arnold, he was one of the most polite people I've ever met. He was on top of the world yeah. and then he would go up to guys and he goes, do you mind if my kids take a picture with you? I mean, this is freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? Like, yeah. Oh my God, oh, yeah. I can't believe Arnold's talking to me, but I went up to him and I told him, I said, I worked in Graz for auto and, and Arnold lit up like a little kid. Uh, when, when I told him uh, that he, he thought uh, a lot of auto. Oh yes, he did. And, and he'll, I've seen many an interview where he talks about him. I mean, very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a great experience. I came back, and that's when I got the calls to go. WCW and WWF had called the office, and they had another little powwow in, in uh, there in Tampa, you know, and told me the whole deal. We're not going to tell you what to do. These two calls came in. I think Kevin Sullivan was was the person that called from representing WCW, and then it was, uh, and then I, whoever it was up there, I don't know if it was Pat or whoever it was they talked to. Both companies were interested in one, you know. And they go, it's up to you. You have to make the decision what you want to do and everything. I still, you know, figured I was, you know, going up there in either company. It's like, I still consider myself so green. And, and so, you know, every day was an, a learning experience. And, and uh, you know, here I was my first trip overseas, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and then you're working guys that were champions in every territory, you know, and, and national and international. I mean, they were coming from everywhere that they worked up there. And I'm like, uh, you know, but I always wanted to go, you know, to uh, WWF. And uh, so I'm like, there's no disrespect to WCW, but I'm like, you know, I said, I'd like to go there, you know, it, you know, and so they brought me up there. Uh, my first black, black match was in uh, uh, Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls. They brought me up there and did a dark match at, at a, a TV taping ad there, like they used to do and everything. But back then, you know, they were getting 60, 80 tapes probably a week or more from guys all over wanting to come there, you know? And I'm like, they called the office asking about me. I'm, but you know, every, but they knew everyone that was out there. If you're working independent, if you're training with the whole nine yards between the uh, marks and, you know, the different people in the different areas and the offices and stuff like that, they were aware of everything. Uh, sure that that was, that was <laughs> Howard Finkel's doing. Howard, Howard had a, had a tape library of just about every, every talent in America and, and the world. I mean, yeah. How, Howard, Howard was so, so good, so valuable that he doesn't get a lot of credit for that sometimes, but Howard, Howard was a one man gang up there. I mean, he, he, he catalyzed a category, category all, all those tape and the hill baby faces. Hey, Howard, we need this guy in here. Well, well, tell us, tell me a little bit about what you did. You did go into it. Next day, he'd come and he'd have a dozen tapes for you to view. <laughs> yeah. Howard and Jimmy Hart are definitely the two hardest working people in the business, you know? And I miss Howard. Howard, I mean, he handled the computer end, he handled all, you know, the internet stuff, you know, all that, you know, and, and people, you know, think of him, you know, the announcer or in the office. 
in it, but they don't know how deep. How valuable he was and to how that, value, yes. that, that company in the beginning. I mean, Howard Howard was one of the main main players at the beginning of that company, you know, and he's always, he's always uh, overlooked in that aspect of it. Because you just know, I'm, I'm Howard Finkel, you know. Welcome to oh, the yeah. show. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, and, and people don't realize, you know, a general's only as good as the soldiers that are around him. And Vince has always had great soldiers. The ones that aren't aren't can't hang and don't do the deal that they need to do, they go by the wayside. A lot of great guys have come through there as agents and so on and so forth and all that stuff, you know. And uh, it made things, you know, some of the agents not as good as others, but it made the things work, you know, work and and, and uh, be more fluid and less headaches. You know, most owners they don't want the day to day you know, micromanage of the, of the job. They want to just make sure that the job is getting done the way it's supposed to be getting done. So you, you came up there still, man, from, from, from down here. So uh, how long yes. was it up there before they, you know, cause there's a gimmick factory up there. How long, how long was it before they told you, you know, you, here's, here's what we got for you. And what did you think of it? It was about six or eight months. I was working, you know, for a second matches, you know, doing as big steel man in that. You know, I always laugh, too, because when I look at the encyclopedias, I'm big man steel in there. I'm like, this is the typo. I said, it's big man. It's the big steel man, you know, and Steve Kern can testify to that. He's the one that came up that was originally U.S. steel. And the hat that I wore in Florida came from the head of the steel workers union. He gave it to me there in Tampa. I remember seeing that it had U.S. steel on there, too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah the original did. Yeah, yeah the original. Well, definitely, yeah. yeah. But uh, when I came up there, um, they called me into the office one day, and they and uh, it was Pat Vince and whoever else was in there. I forget, you know. They're like, "We got this idea for, uh, uh, we got this character we were thinking about." And to this day, you know, I'm a big kid. Okay, I watch cartoons. I do all that. I'm I'm goofy. You know, it's not just the hits to the head, but uh, you know, I'm just that's just the way I am. You know, but uh, uh, they go we got this gimmick, a, a sailor gimmick. And uh, how do you feel about that? Cause they always put it back to you. You know, they can give you a gimmick, but if you, it's up to you to take the gimmick to the next level, Right. you know? And they go, we got this guy and we want to call him tugboat. I says, let me get this straight. You want a character that's, cause it was a baby face character. And I'm like, you want somebody that's a combination of Popeye and Brutus in one character. I says, I'm bored. This sounds like fun. You know, I says, yeah, sure. You know, and I just had fun. You know, they, I go out there. You, know, <laughs> you don't need to do no sound effects. I got my own. You know? <laughs> but uh, and, and that was it, you know, and then uh, it got me started and I, doing the deal with that. And then uh, they put me with Hogan, man, which was the most nervous shit. You know, you got the wow. top baby face. And you know, how do you, you feel about that? Uh, here, here, right now, the hottest guy in the entire wrestling business. And, and at, at Tugboat Fred, we're, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to stand next to this guy. I mean, yeah. wow, that, yeah. wow, right? <laughs> hey, Joe Jabroni, we're going to put you out here with the top guy. Okay. So, what if you uh, uh, don't catch on or whatever or look like a complete moron? But you think. I'm like, you know, I'm like, here's the opportunity, I, you know, ready or not, you know, here, you know, and I, I, he was awesome. He was awesome to work, be around and work with and everything. And 
you know, every guy that, you know, think about it, all the guys that he touched, there's heel or babyface that worked with him. It, it was like a, a jot, a jaw, a shot of NOS in an engine. Boom. You know, it, it uh, boosted you and your credibility and your, and, and the career, you know, uh, that's when uh, Quig, Jimmy and uh, Dino Bravo, they got into that deal right. there. We worked some tag matches, but they also heard him, put him out. That's when they did a couple of movies there and that stuff. They put him out. I was uh, pitching, you know, the letters and stuff, you know, and, you know, say your prayers and, you know, you got to come with the big man and, you know, give him your support. You know, this is a time when he needs it the most and all that stuff. And I still have people, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, they come, you know, at these signings and stuff and they go, man, I remember uh, writing a letter and, and I got a reply back. And, <laughs> and, and, and I remember getting my Hulk rules bracelet. And uh, I've had a couple of them come up and show me they still had those gimmicks. You, you, know, you, you had one of the original uh, action figures too, didn't you? Well, I was, I, uh, as Typhoon, this uh, is what happened when they were going to put me with Quake. I did a photo shoot in Baltimore on tugboats, okay, prior to going to TV, okay? So they did a photo shoot and everything, and then they took me to uh, the guys with Hasbro, and they showed me the two-up figure of tugboats. Now, I had already sent a T-shirt prototype to the house, me with the whistle in the background blowing and, you know, get, blowing the horn, and okay? So I go, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've seen that. Then my wife that I was married to at that point, at that time, she goes, uh, I, I call her on the phone and I see, I'm going to have a figure. I'm going to have a doll, you know, <laughs> and I'm like pumped up. I'm a kid, man. This is Christmas day. And, and, and I just saw uh, what's coming on Christmas. And I was like excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. Uh, oh my God, what am I going to do with this? And, and uh, I, I was having fun with that gimmick. I mean, it was, you know, I love that people ask, you know, you want to be a baby face or heel. I love them both. As long as I'm able to do and entertain people and do the things that I'd like to do, which is this business, because this business has been so good to me and it opened so many opportunities to me. So, you know, they, they gave me that. And then I go to TV two days later. And what happens? They, uh, they send a guy out. Fred, they, uh, they want to see in the office. Vince wants to talk to you. I go in the office. And there's here he is with Pat. He goes, well, big man, we've uh, finished our run with, uh, you know, Hogan and 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 Quaker, and uh, uh, how how we have a great idea about pairing you two together as a tag team. And you know, I always liked liked John very much and loved him. I mean, and he was such a great athlete and such an incredible talent. And I'm thinking in my head while they're telling me this stuff. After I've just seen a figure, a T-shirt, and did this photo shoot, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm getting fucked here. I'm getting screwed. But I'm like, you know, there goes the doll. And I'm like, but you know, I'm like, it'd be, it, it behoove me it, because I'm thinking me and John could work like smaller guys work. We could do high spots and do different spots to show strength and plus the fact that we were a little bit had some agility about us. And so I was like, yeah, sounds great, you know. Where do you go? And then uh, the rest is history, man. I mean, I, to this day, I just talked to his son the other day, Johnny, and uh, I, I've got uh, all of his stuff is gone. 
uh, uh, he had sent me a long time, a couple of years back, uh, John Singlet. And uh, I'm going to put it in, uh, we're putting a little restaurant together here in town. And uh, I'm going to have that in, in my, with him and the facsimile of the belt and everything like that. But the rest is all history. I mean, loved it. Other than people still hate me for turning on the bushwhackers, <laughs> you know? But, yeah. I mean, I get people come up or send me messages on Facebook or Instagram that stuff. And they're like, you son of a bitch. So I, said, I can't believe you. I remember you. I cried. You hurt the bushwhackers, Luke and Butch. And, I, you know, the Luke and Butch I know were the bloodiest, nastiest tag team that escape murders in, in creation. Okay. You know, 365 a year. But, uh, you know, uh, turned, did the deal, the swerve there and everything and turned on Hogan and rest is history. You know, they put us together, put us with Jimmy Hart. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. What, yeah. was, what was Tenna's background in Japan? Was he trained sumo? He was undefeated. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he, 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 he would be once, one step away from Grandmaster John. He was that good. He was good. Yeah. I know, know. I'd always heard, you know, I, I knew John pretty well. He, what, super, yeah. super nice guy. I, just, I love Oh, him. my God. But I always knew how, what, everybody talked about how tough he was. You see, he's one of those quiet guys, you know, that you, yeah. you, you think has this uh, volcano underneath and, Sure enough, he did. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. But he was I, he was yeah. undefeated as a sumo. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was one yeah. step away, one degree away from from being a grandmaster champion. But he didn't really like the lifestyle. I mean, the, what goes on in sumo town? It's a great honor to be chosen. I mean, they got young guys that they come, are pulled from families and stuff to train sumo and start to, you know and the whole you know uh, culture behind sumo wrestling. I mean, it's it's an incredible deal in that, but he said, you know, I guess that lifestyle and that's so stringent, and I guess, you know, uh, you know, the the yokozuna, the head guy, you know, what I'm saying, uh, he gets, you know, you got the young people training early in the morning, and they're doing this and doing that. Then they start cleaning, they clean up the grandmaster stuff and look after him, and you know, and cater to him, and you know, like the president of the United States or a king of England or a queen of England, you know, and. Uh, it, it, just a lot of uh, a lot of mental stuff there too. It, you know, I guess the lifestyle too is pretty stringent. You know, being in in, in a place like that, Simultown. You know, but uh, uh, how did John end up over there? I don't know. I, I, I don't I'm know I'm thinking he was an alternate on the Olympic team yeah. for Canada. Is what uh, he I, I'd always heard. You know, he, he was he was he was at the, yeah. yeah. He Greg he should have been the main guy because he was that strong and that talented of a, a grappler. And they wrestled at LSU, you know, and, um, uh, but you know, also he played rugby. I didn't yeah, no, know. No. Yeah. I I was talking to Johnny the other day, you know, I have uh, some pictures, uh, you can pull online of when, when he was playing, you know, and I thought that was pretty neat. That you know, cool. but I don't know if it was like for a club team or what the deal was. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny was telling me that. And, uh, but uh, he was, uh, he was just phenomenal, man. But like you said, quiet, quiet, you know, wouldn't do nothing. But, you know, didn't like to be rid, didn't like <laughs> to rib, you know, that's definitely a deterrent there. You know, the boys, I don't got to tell you that, John, you know, the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was. I, I, somehow, w once I know you find it's hard to believe, 
Mr. Briscoe ended up signed up for a retirement home in Texas. <laughs> and, and I don't know how it happened, dude, but he, he was actually enrolled into a retirement home in oh. Texas. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Fred, Fred, I used to come home from long trips. You remember we, we were near booked. I mean, you were booked for, for eternity. I'd come oh. home, or I'd go to the body shop, and all of a sudden the phone was it was like they knew exactly when I was arriving to the phone would start, Oh, Mr. Briscoe, it's that you know, you're getting up there among age. You know, we'd like to offer you this in this uh, home in, in Texas. What do you mean? Well, it's a retirement home. I didn't, I didn't, you signed some papers that you wanted to get a phone call. I didn't sign no damn papers. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn guy there, man. <laughs> oh my god sato is like that he'd make the calls on the road oh hello uh br no brian brian uh adams he was brian was, was good good, to never brian was good with it yeah. yeah yeah hello hello uh yes uh, uh vince mcmahon i want you to call oh he heard that you your music everything good but when you get to the ring you the shits. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian oh used to, we go golfing with uh, Big Show. And oh. Brian, Big Show loved Brian. Brian loved Big Show. But oh. somewhere during, the, during the, the round, he would unhook his bag on his golf cart. So when Big Show would be going up a hill, the bag would fall off and all the clubs <laughs> would fall off. Every oh my God. single Brian time. Awesome. Oh my God. And Brian was so good about K Fabian it. He would just he would pop it so quick that he, he the show knew it was coming and he would still be able to get him. Oh. He was my training partner up in up in uh up in Portland. Oh my god, we'd have fun. Oh my god. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh yeah, I remember all those guys getting their he told me he gave uh Burke a couple of little uh little ribby deals, didn't you? Or no, Berkeley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Berkeley. Yeah, for those that don't know your your son Berkeley. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Berkeley. He's he's the nicest young guy. Oh. But oh. I, either Chimmel or somebody came up with the shock make the shock master's biggest mistake was Berkeley. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it was that sparkly sperm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's funny oh. and berkeley just he just he's he just takes it all in stride he laughs he's he's a he's a good young man what was that black People girl really like him. The, the black girl she did the crazy gimmick in that he wasn't there a real long time up and he was ringside and she ripped his shirt off of him and pulled him over she was like did the nutty gimmick. oh yeah alicia fox yeah uh, oh my god i said yeah. i says i called him and i'm like Son, I'm glad that you had your shockmaster moment early in your career. <laughs> <laughs> she hit him with the soda can in the head, ripped his shirt off him, pulled him over the podium in the corner there by the bell. That's right, yeah. Oh, right onto the floor. Oh my yeah. God. I almost pissed myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did Berkeley end up getting that job? He, he, people love him there, by the way. He, he, he's a good young guy, but how did well, he get the job? He always wanted, you know, he's always loved the business. He always loved the business. Of all my kids, he's the one loved the business. And uh, uh, when he started doing it, they were doing the FCW thing down there. He was going to uh, Plant High School there in Tampa. And he was like a sophomore or whatever. 
And uh, he talked to me and talked to me. He says, Dad, you know, I, I really, he goes, I, I want to be a referee. Yeah, I want to be a, uh, you know, because obviously I'm not big enough to, I'm going to wrestle. I, I says, well, son, you're still going to have to go to wrestling school. Okay. You're going to have to train and go to wrestling school. And Mike Graham was there too. And uh, all of them and the Dusty guys came in there when they had, before NXT, it was at FCW over there in South Tampa. And so I took them over and let them talk to everybody and all, everybody, you know, that was there. And I, you know, told them what he was interested in doing that stuff. And they went on to him about, you know, how important the education and stuff like that and continued education and everything like that. And that is, you know, I said, that's the same thing as I've preached to him. I says, in this business here, first of all, what they told us when we were young, I said, you got to save your money when you have the opportunity. I says, you're not 18. You're going to not be 18 for a couple of years. So he wound up going there on a regular basis, helping set up, clean, doing whatever they want him to do. I says, and you got to be a sponge, okay? Being around these, this group of guys, and when they do the TVs and stuff like that, uh, you know, the guys are coming from Connecticut. They're coming down here. They're from the office up there to do the show. Learn everything you can learn and don't ever say no to what they, it may sound weird or you not feel confident enough or whatever, but that's the only way you're going to learn. You know, that's the only way you're going to learn. I says, and you know, especially with that television part, I says, because wrestling, you can never know where it's going to go or how it's going to go. I says, but learning from all these professionals, you can go get an education at a college, learning all that stuff that, that they do, but learning from them, directly from them, and with that, having that opportunity, asking questions and them having the patience enough to help you through this and showing interest in it you'll never, you couldn't pay for that education with those type of people. You're doing, you can get that education, but you're getting the on the job training as you're learning. And this is before you ever put a boot on, get in a ring or the whole nine yards, you know? And thank God he, he listened and he, he is a good kid. He's a good loving kid. He's a smart kid. He's a smart ass like his dad, <laughs> but that's good. The apple don't fall far from the tree. But, hey, the best thing about know. him is he knows how to pass the heat. So I'm oh. no, this this is actually great because anytime somebody starts getting to rib him a little bit, he'll bring up the fact you know Chimmel just ordered a pizza. They go what? Everybody go to Chimmel. Swear! Oh my God, man, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, he used to, he used to create a lot of heat with his mother and me because I do the 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 nutty crazy shit that I would do. And see, that's why your kids are the way they are. You know, she'd tell me, she'd get, cut a promo. Oh, you, you see here, you're such a bad influence. And they're not respectful and this and that. And he's like, well, mom, you got to admit he's funny. You know, <laughs> oh, just, thank you, son. <laughs> it just na nailed the coffin. <laughs> yeah. Fred, Fred, you, Fred you, you brought it up and, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's history in our business and there's no running from it. But you brought up the Shockmaster entry there. Yes. Can, well, can, you, can you kind of describe that in your words and your, your experience on how that happened? And, 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 and you, 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 you've grown past it, of course, and you, you've done yeah. fantastic, but you kind of, you kind of accepted, Hey, this is what happened. You know, I'm bigger than that, better than that. And, and, and made things, made things a hell of a lot better. So 
we're kind of walking through the shock master and the setup to not just the, when you when you're going in there but the whole presentation how it was presented to you and, and the whole nine yards well i got there you know of course my brother-in-law dusty was there you know he's like this his brain idea <laughs> and i i i, I were you supposed to be a stormtrooper or what, what was the setup to well, you know, I was not that long off of TV, and the, I was the mystery partner. All that mask was was to cover my face. Okay, they gave me, uh, they showed me the gimmick that they come up with. You know, it was the stormtrooper hood, and they doctored it, and they put little holes, pinholes. I, I got the thing still. I have it here sitting on the shelf. Okay, drilled the holes. Okay, here, put this on. You're going to wear this when you go out. Okay. And I'm like, are you serious? And it, the glitter was coming through the hole where my eyes were, the holes on both sides. It was, the, I swear, maybe a 16th of an inch hole, eighth of an inch hole, maybe most, that they drilled into this, uh, this thing. Okay, PVC mask. And uh, they, go, they go, oh no, you can't do that. So Janie Ingalls was the, the uh, secretary in the office back then. So they have her pull her pantyhose off and glue them over the holes. Now, I can't see out the holes to begin with, but to protect my eyes from the glitter coming in them. I just, really, really, it was like blind, blind man's bluff, you know? And I'm like, shit. So Mike Graham was the one that's gonna give me the cue. He had the gorilla position there at a wall that wasn't gimmicked. Okay, I broke like four or five Two before studs. It was 5H sheetrock. They built the whole set for Flair for the gold. Okay. And uh, with Flair and, and Mimi, or the girl, you know. And did you guys didn't rehearse this during the afternoon or anything? No. Yeah. Here's the wall. And, you know, it was a wall that was, you know, sheetrock she comes four by eight sheets and they had to add it up. So they put a board right below my knees for extra support going across the whole wall. <laughs> And the and uh, Mike Mike Graves, before I went to do the thing, I when I they put me out there and it's getting time and it's live TV. It wasn't taped. Right. It was live. Bash at the beach. Of course. Okay. <laughs> it was live. It wasn't like working for Vince where he'd come out of the room steaming on a first hour, screaming and yelling that match was the shits. Blah 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 blah. blah you know. And they move you to the third hour. Okay. For, you know. And and, and uh, because the you know the people a lot of people leave. You know, it's a long ass night when you're there. It's a long day for everybody at TVs. But, uh, you know, this was live. It's happening now. I'm here behind this wall. And Mike's going, Fred, you're going to have to. They didn't gimmick this. You're going to have to bust this. <laughs> oh, <bit."> no. <laughs> I says, Mike, don't worry about it. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. I'm like, uh, I'm pitching over 600 pounds. I can knock a hole in the wall. I've done it in my mom's house, okay? So don't, you know, <laughs> by accident. So I can knock this out. So they put the thing on me. I'm about six inches from the wall. And they, Mike's going to give me the cue. They couldn't microphone the mask because the shock master was actually going to be like a, you know, like the glacier gimmick with a, a, a lucha hood and, and a full outfit deal, like a comic book kind of character. It was going to, you know, the super shock master is what it was going to be. Okay. And okay. And so I'm like, whatever you need me to do, I've always been that way. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. 
So they go this. I, I'm like, Mike, don't worry about it. But uh, Ollie was the one who did the voiceover, you know, because he couldn't mic the mask. So he gives me the cue. I double axe handle. Boom. Blow through, bust boards. And I became a human teeter totter because the bottom <laughs> board, you know, should have been where I could kick it out and go over there. But meanwhile, it was the fulcrum point for me to fall face down on my ass. <laughs> Live TV. All I can think of is <clears throat> turning my head. The thing has happened. Turn my head, reach for the, the hood that popped off like a, a, a champagne cork and jump up to my feet with that mask on my head and pantomime Ole Anderson. I am the shock master. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know? And uh, meanwhile, if you watch the video, I, I love it all the time. I, I tell people, when you're having a bad day, <laughs> over three or four million people have watched this. I says, you what, you have, I'm having a bad day. You have a bad day. Watch this video. You know, if it's a kid, watch it with your dad and you'll laugh your butt off. I says it at my expense, but it'll make your day so much better. I says, because everybody, no matter how good they are, has a shock master day. Okay. <laughs> they do something that flubs up, that messes up. And you got to sometimes suck it up and, you know, and deal with the inevitable and, you know, work toward the best scenario that you can do. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy, and, and there's so many fans that there's so many people that want to get their photo with that thing on their head. I go, I, I mess with it. I'm like, you know, it. don't get too close to it because it'll talk to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. And it'll mesmerize you like a Cobra ready to strike. You know you want to you want to wear me. You want it on my head. You know you know that you want to be part of this historic person. Uh, and there'll be four or five. All wants to turn. Everybody wants to turn. But you know it was bad. It happened. You know it was a case of beer to drive back to Tampa kind of night kind of a, a, a <laughs> event. But you know it. Uh, other than the ribbing that have continually happened and happened and happened. It's been a great thing. You know, it was the 2017 San, San Diego's Comic-Con figure of uh, that Comic-Con wow. from WWE. And the, the presentation box has me upside down like a break dancer. Okay. <laughs> and the back side of the box gives the whole scenario of what happened. It was the exclusive for that Comic-Con. So, and, and then there was the uh, a classic series that they did before that uh, from... Uh, the disasters and for Shockmaster, you know, that's where Quake called me on the phone. Funny deal. He's like, Tyfe, Tyfe, you, 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 you're going to get a figure. You're going to get a figure, Tyfe. He goes, but they gave me Yokozuna's body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him, brother. I'm like, it's not like with the two, uh, what do you call it, diet twins or something like yeah. that. Oh, gee, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those. But you know, it's been good. But I'm, you know, like when I tell people, I'm like, I've watched top wrestlers that could go down a laundry list of names that like get the hot tag, go to you know, go to make and make the save, jump over the top rope, catch their feet on the top rope, fall on their face. I'm one of the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. You know, just because it wasn't at TV, I've seen it. You know, that's what you know. I've had that stuff happen. Uh, 
what was this? Hey, Tug, one time, one time Bubba Dudley was uh, we told the story many times. Bubba doesn't mind it. We're working yeah. in, working in Madison Square Garden. We got a bunch of heat on Devon. We got a bunch of heat on Devon. Me and Ron. All of a sudden, Bubba hits the tag, comes in, trips over the rope, and falls oh. flat on his face. Oh and my god. We had worked for 20-something minutes. Oh. So afterwards, long story short, Bubba, of course, double-legs me and potatoes me because obviously it's my fault. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he, beat the, and he oh beat the shit out of me, too. I'm going, Ron, don't oh. tag in. He's very mad. So we get the back, and Bubba goes, oh, my God, it's terrible. Ron goes, Bubba, it's not that bad. And Bubba goes, oh, no, my God. My college coach was there, all my roommates, my girlfriend. It's Madison Square Garden. <laughs> famous reading the world. Ron goes, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> i love ron man he's freaking funny damn damn, damn. <laughs> oh my god unbelievable berkeley one day, you know you're talking about berkeley being quick i said hey i saw you yep. i said i got to meet your dad at one of the autograph signings and he goes oh yeah, yeah yeah he goes you know dad auctions off the original Shockmaster helmet ever ever autograph signing <laughs> that's my boy that's my boy he's great he's, uh, he's a funny little guy little guy he's oh a, bro everybody's little yeah uh, he's a funny, he's funny guy. man oh my god how big were you yeah. in quake when, when you guys were tagging how, how what was the size of you of you guys my heaviest i think it was like 418 417 or 418 that was six seven and uh, then Quake, you know, 460 easy, if not heavier. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And move, I mean, both of us can do standing drop kicks, all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? So it, 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 we did okay. I did okay, you know. Uh, it's just that road food, you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, wrestling 300-plus days. I remember talking to Bill Leedy, and he worked one time. They worked 365 days straight. He got one day off and went out to 365 more days. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's a hard deal, man. It's, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, you know, but it's got, you got to love it or, you know, you got to, and you got to do it when you can do it, you know. But yeah, I loved so it. I loved the boys. On the road. Or it was, it was for me because I had no discipline. <laughs> but it was. Me, 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 me. I'm in that club. Yes. Yes. Be, be quiet and be humble. Okay. But I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah. I was at the Cleveland Airport Marriott one time with with Vader. It's about three o'clock in the morning. We we had had probably twenty something beers each, and he'd ordered a large pizza. And we're <laughs> sitting there at three o'clock in the morning, and he's eating this pizza. And he looks over at me, and goes, "Kid, have you lost weight?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been training." And he goes, hey, "Yeah, I don't know why I can't." <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I, I don't oh, need buddy. <laughs> oh, oh my lord. Yeah. Hey, we was uh, in Nashville. We worked Nashville. Dusty, I was with Dusty, Andre, and all the boys used to go down in the stockyard. They go downstairs and, and uh, go down to sing and all that stuff. Mean Gene was there, all that stuff, and everybody's getting hammered and everything. And it's freezing cold outside, freezing cold. And earlier we had ate before we went down there. And uh, David Allen Cole comes up to the table with this guy, it's about, he's a bull rider, about 160 pounds, maybe, soaking wet, with the longest gun. I'm like, is that your pecker, buddy? <laughs> it was a, about a 12-inch uh, uh, hog leg hanging out the top. He pulled it out in the restaurant like this. David Allen Cove, there was a guy there, used to work as security. His name was Tiny. He was about 
500 pounds, if not more. And he was eating with us. David Allen Cole picks the steak up off of his off of his plate and just bites a big piece of now all these attorneys and doctors and stuff there and then throws it down. And he's probably got 50 pounds of uh, silver and turquoise around his neck, hanging, dangling, you know, with the Buffalo Bill jacket and the whole whole nine yards, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. But we went downstairs after that and everybody's drinking their party and, you know, uh, Dusty's up there. Hey, baby, you know, singing Johnny Be Good and all that shit and <laughs> all that shit. So it gets late. We got to go back to the hotel because we got to be up in the morning to go catch the flight and that. We go out the door. There's a guy changing a flat tire on the curb, okay, and it's freezing cold. I'm, I mean, we're waiting for the car to pull up, and the guy's changing the tire, and all of a sudden he goes ah, ah, like this. Dusty decided to take a leak off the curb, and it was the wind sprayed the piss all over. All over. I'm like, oh my god, oh. Humble. Oh my God, Andres! Ha ha ha! Good <laughs> boss! Ha ha ha! You know, and the guy whips around the look, and then he sees Andre, and all of us there, and he's like, uh, and said nothing. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, fun times out there. Just, um, Fred, what what are you up to now, man? What 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 what's Fred Altman doing out there now? Uh, well. We're working on that new network, the TK network, you know, full steam ahead. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like a big bullshit session. All the people, I'll invite the other people up, but there's like 50 people. You're part of that deal. And uh, John is, and uh, there's, a, I mean, Adam Bomb's there. They've got some Hollywood celebrities that are on there. Uh, there's like 50, 60 people involved with that thing. Now, how can, they, how, can they, how, can our, how can our listener find that place? www.thenewknewnetwork.com and they pulled it up you guys are, are going against competition against each other right yeah that, that's the reason i invited him on because i wanted to get a feel you know how, how i could do this you know i cut a promo oh. with challenge challenging to the great uh, grand debate and celebrity grand debate whatever hell it is and Fred, you know, I love you to death. We're, 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 we grew up by basically the same area here. Oh. But I, I can't wait to kick your, your ass, man. I'm going oh, to bring, nice. bring the Shockmaster back. <laughs> I, 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 try, I, I try to uh, be as, you know, respectful. Like uh, <laughs> they always told me in promos, you got to put your promo over, or put your opponent over, or else who are you beating? Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> and here I am, your biggest freaking mark. Okay, I was there when I was a kid, and I'm the one that was watching you, and uh, you know, uh, and by, I put you over, and I, you know, how much you're a legend, and this and that, and everything. But I'm still gonna whoop your ass. Oh you know wow, wow! I, I think this hey, is a, hey, in April coming up in April. Hey, <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, baby. I am the sour power. I am the man of the hour. I am too sweet to be sour, baby. I'm coming after you. You hear what I'm saying, Mr. Briscoe? You are You're tough. But, but look at how pretty. I am a pretty man. I am not a smart man. No. I'm intimidated by your skills. You hear what I'm saying? Damn. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Looking forward to it. So so it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. And the, 
Where, 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 can, where can people reach you for booking for card shows and stuff like that if you're interested in those? They can they can uh, get me up on my uh, Facebook. Both of them are the same. Fred Ottman. Yeah. And uh, pull me up and, and uh, I'm there. And I, you know, I post stuff continually. That's what John was talking about before. I try, you know, I put a lot of motivational stuff out there as far as training and stuff like that. I'm old. I'm, I'm beat up. And uh, uh, 80%, I used to teach first aid CPR and all that stuff when I got, was out of the business for a while for uh, industry and, and for construction and stuff like that, because uh, I've been working since I'm 11 years old and I came up in a blue collar family and learned a lot of skills. The same thing I taught my son and my other son and my daughter, the more things that you have in your tool bag, as far as skills go, you'll never have to worry about where your next meal comes from. You'll never have to worry about how to make a buck because the more skills, it makes you that much more valuable as a person. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I had the, uh, the luck and the, uh, the great honor to have worked with guys like, you know, in the business around guys like you coming in the business, growing up watching. And I was a wrestling fan since I'm around eight, nine years old. I wrestled in this business for almost 30 years. And, uh, I also am still a wrestling fan. Don't watch it with the religion, all that, because my wife keeps me going. We're trying to open a <laughs> restaurant up here in Tennessee Good. called Bubba's Filling Station Cafe. Wow. Where, whereabouts in Tennessee are you exactly? Where are you looking? Uh, I'm in Centerville, Tennessee. It's about a hour drive from the airport in Nashville to where we are here. We're in the country. And let me tell you, when I'm in the country, we are in the country. <laughs> but uh, we're opening about it's 20 miles to go to the gym. I have a gym here at the house, but when it gets below zero like it does here from time to time last three days it was uh in the 20s waking up to and i'm a florida boy <laughs> i'm it's the beach weather you know but uh i'm okay i'm okay with that but it's beautiful up here i have a great wife she's the hardest worker i know and she's got lots of patience to deal with this child <laughs> i'm gonna tell you that and I've, we've got uh six kids 12, this is my second wife, but we've got six kids combined, 12 grandkids, five great grandkids. For you, man. You know, keeps it easy. And they've got a big, I've got lots of toys here at the house, and uh, I'll always be a child. And you got the original Shockmaster hood helmet. That's it. They fight over it. Who wants to wear it? to Berkeley every single autograph session. Yeah. There you go. You know what they say? There's a sucker born every minute. Oh my God. <laughs> Barkley told me that I, I popped like crazy. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I wish I could show you around this room here. I've got a uh, poster. I've got a poster up here from when we did SummerSlam in Wembley Stadium. And it was bootlegs that were being sold outside that were better than Vince's. <laughs> and Jimmy Hart come in. Baby, baby. Hey, baby, look at here. Look at here. He come in and we had he had like four of them before they took the others and destroyed them. And whoever they sold before that, I guess, whatever. But I got one of them, put it up on the wall along with the European tour. I mean, I've got lots of toys. This is all my family. I'm bad about buying toys, you know, because all those toys represent uh, you guys. And when I meet new younger guys, you know, I pick them up, you know, whatever. Some of them are signed. A lot of them are signed. And, you know, uh, matter of fact, my dad's uh, Korean War helmet is in the corner there. Because uh, uh, it's uh, 
Sarge signed it for me. And uh, uh, I have a bunch of his figures. He laughs at me all the time because I get him to find different shit that I have. I have Hasbro's. I have all that shit. I says, he goes, Fred, what is the matter with you? I says, you know, I says, this is my family, my extended family. You know, you got to remember, we run the roads, you know, more than with at home with our families most of our lives. You know, and I says, it's just one of those things, you know, and I love each and every one of you. It upsets me when I lose some, you know, like Lanny lost him a while back, you know, but I mean, it's, it's all a good thing. And when, you know, like when I run into guys, the signings are the best, you know, I love the fans and I love my family, seeing them and cutting up and doing like we do here, laughing about different shit and everything, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good time. It's, you know, I says one of these days, you know, they want you to write a book and I'm like, you know, they, the fans wanted to be, it would have to be behind the curtain and under the mat would have to be the name of it because all they want to know about is the dirt. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not a dirt guy. I'm, you know, I, people's families are kind of important, you know, and no matter who they are, and we know, I know you guys are just like me. I've run the road with a lot of rough, <laughs> rough deals. You well, know, that's, that's the reason you're on here, Fred, because you're, 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 you're not about dirt. And we're not about dirt. So yeah. we, just, we just have a good time. We, we laugh at guys, but they laugh with us. We, you know, we were able to we were able to share some stories that that only the guys behind the scenes know. And this is yeah. the, the great vehicle for us to kind of share our life on the road with, with the other people out there. I'm proud. I'm proud of my friendship with you and John and everybody else I, I was able to be out out there with. So. Yeah, that thing that Brian does uh, every couple of months is awesome. The Legends Lunch. Yeah. You know, where you, you get to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was the last there. I saw you down there. Yeah, was, yeah. They're fantastic. I'd like to get John down one time for those things. Yeah. Oh, me. good guys. Yeah, they just did, uh, I guess they just did um, the uh, Nasties, you know, because yeah. Sags, right. that's my other brother in law. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, so, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You were in some wild families, man. <laughs> oh, the holidays are always good. The holidays no are good. <laughs> Never a dull moment. <laughs> you know, but being on the road, you know, the boys, it, it, it's happy times. It's good yeah. times. Yeah. Good and bad, but there's a lot of good stuff there, you know. When you get that much testosterone all together at one time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, something happens. Sure. Yeah. Every yeah. time something happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Fred, it was a pleasure having you on, on here today, Swords with Briscoe and Bradshaw, man. I really appreciate it, and it's been fun. I love it. It's been fun, but bear in mind, I'm going to kick your ass. Ooh, bring it, big boy. <laughs> bring it. Bring it.